in keeping in line with the trend of 2020 being the most absurd year in American history, Donald Trump has now chimed in, calling out the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone in Seattle, demanding that Democrats take it back or he will do it. In the past, Donald Trump said he would use the military to do it. But let's 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 take count real quick. The year started with an impeachment. Then we had a global pandemic. Then we had nationwide riotings. And now it's become an occupied zone in Seattle where police claim that far left extremists are shaking down or extorting local businesses. And now locals are complaining about the rise of a warlord. And apparently they've run out of food. Yes, I kid you not. In the span of only a few days, we have moved now from the nationwide riots to this being the big story. To make it worse, Donald Trump calls out this radical far left Democrat zone or whatever, and he immediately gets slammed by Democrats who say, go back to your bunker. You have no idea how to police this. And then in a press conference, someone asks the governor about this and he goes, huh, what what are you talking about? Apparently, the governor didn't even know this was happening. So yes, far left radicals have claimed this territory they're calling an an autonomous zone, yet they've run out of food. And apparently they're using armed guards to stop and frisk people at the front. Look, man, it's just pure absurdity. One of the big complaints coming out of this now is that some guy has appointed himself the new police. So immediately after they declare an autonomous zone, someone fills the power vacuum. And what does he do? The first thing, a video goes viral showing him stopping a tagger who was spray painting on a building because the building owner was being nice to them. I kid you not, they've literally just become the police defending the local businesses and property owners. Yeah, okay, okay. None of this makes sense because apparently at the same time the cops are saying people are being extorted, but still that just sounds like government. They're demanding taxes for their services. You got to love it. But let's read the story and see what the latest update is on what's happening in the Seattle, quote, free zone. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There's many ways you can give. But the best thing you can do is just share this video. We're just going to be talking about what's going on here. And I don't think the media is really covering it fairly. That's another thing we got we to break down. When this story broke, we immediately saw favorable coverage from many media outlets but when you compare it to past protests, of course, they're extremely biased. They're, the New York Times is 100% favoring this protest, occupation, whatever you want to call it. And I'll tell you what, right now in the media, we are seeing, I think, what, in the past week, seven high-ranking officials at major media companies ousted over claims of you know, suppressing diversity or something. The media is being taken over faster and faster. The, cultural, the, the culture revolution is happening right, uh, right in front of our eyes. And here's what's going to happen. For all of the really hor- horrible negative things happening in this zone, you will, you will not hear them because the locals have every reason to defend this and claim it's working, even if it isn't. In fact, some people are actually saying maybe there should be police here. But as the media now tries to pass this off as something great and noble and grand, they won't tell you what's really going on. And we did see similar things with Occupy Wall Street, though this is like tenfold. Let's read the first story from the Daily Mail. They say, President Donald Trump has demanded that Seattle officials immediately regain control of a six block zone and police station that have been taken over by armed George Floyd protesters who are demanding the city's police department and courts be dissolved. I kid you not. Impeachment, COVID, riots, and now autonomous occupation in it. It's not even it's not even a real autonomous zone. They don't have food. But okay, here's what Trump said. Radical left governor. Uh, Jay Inslee, 
and the mayor of Seattle are being taunted and played at a level that our great country has never seen before. Take back your city now. If you don't do it, I will. This is not a game. These ugly anarchists must be stopped. Stooped sick. That means Trump had a typo in his tweet. Immediately move fast, he continued. Domestic terrorists have taken over Seattle run by radical left Democrats. Of course, law and order. It followed astonishing developments in Seattle, where protesters have established what they call the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, or CHAZ, setting up barricades and armed checkpoints and declaring that police are not allowed inside the zone. They were similarly, there were similarly chaotic scenes in Portland, another prolifically, prolifically democratic city where protesters removed police fencing that was surrounding the courthouse to spray paint the walls. There were suggestions that they too were trying to build an autonomous zone but their efforts were not as organized as those in Seattle. The Seattle zone, which includes apartment buildings and businesses, also contains the Seattle Police Department's East Precinct, which cops abandoned on Monday after receiving a threat that the station would be overrun and burned down. A defaced sign outside the precinct now reads Seattle People Department. I don't know if they have the photo, but there's some really funny. There's a really, really funny photo here. This poster right here behind them, it says something like this is now property of, you know, the free zone or whatever. And it's funny because these people claim, not all of them, but many, they want to abolish private property. They claim they want to abolish the police and the courts. What, what's the first thing they do once they actually come in? Well, they declare the property is theirs. A police force forms where quite literally, I kid you not, this group run by a dude Raz says, we're now the police of this area. And you can see that they're absolutely treating this. The, look, armed guards are, are, are showing up to frisk people to prevent weapons from coming in. At least that's what the reports we're seeing. And they're going to local businesses demanding money to pay for their services. Congratulations. You've invented the government. So I don't know what they think they're doing. They're probably just LARPing. But here's what I love. Seattle mayor tells Trump to go back to your bunker after he criticizes her handling of the protests. Take, uh, so after he said, take back your city, yada, yada, yada. The two Democrats, Inslee and Durkin, responded to the president on Wednesday, ratcheting up the Twitter spat during dual health and economic crisis and nationwide civil unrest under, you know what, man, I'm sorry, I got to stop. Doesn't it feel like nothing makes sense and everything's falling apart? How do we have right now simultaneous timelines intersecting? I don't know, hear me out. It's like you turn on the TV and you'll see someone say the dangerous pandemic is, is expanding. Donald Trump is not taking the pandemic seriously and is violating CDC guidelines. Dr. Anthony Fauci is apparently saying like COVID is just beginning. And then you turn on another channel. And it's like thousands of protesters shoulder to shoulder marching, taking over portions of Seattle. And I'm just like, is, does anybody have any idea what's really happening right now? And why does Trump care about this? I guess, you know, there's videos of them trying to expand the zone and solidify and to be fair, uh, when I was in Ukraine and the Euromaidan protest started, it was very much just kind of like, I don't know, it, it, when, when I was in Ukraine at the start of this uprising, it seemed rather boring. And it got to a point where a whole lot of nothing was happening. And the people I was there with were like, we need to leave. This is boring. Nothing's happening. And I said, no, you're nuts. We should stay. Well, they didn't listen. And we ended up leaving that. Like, I, I think like that night, like eh, it's over. It's just people hanging out in a park. And then like, a day later, they tore down the statues of Lenin or whatever, built major barricades, threw firebombs and Molotovs at police vehicles. And, and, and then we had to rush back immediately. So I'll tell you this, man, you might look at this right now and say it's a whole lot of nothing. But there is video popping up of them pulling in more. Uh, they have barbed wire fencing they're taking to, to barricade the area, make it stronger. 
and it might expand. You know, if they really are shaking people down, and that's and that's the story that we see uh, coming out, that uh, police make allegations of intimidation, extortion inside Capitol Hill's autonomous zone, then yeah, maybe it needs to be shut down before it gets worse. If you sit back and just let this happen, maybe the locals, the local police are hoping that they just have their little dance parties and eventually get bored. I don't think so. They're putting out calls for people to go there and they're, they're putting out calls for this to expand. Now, I, I do want to cover this, but the first thing I got to do is I got, I got to call out this Inslee dude. Take a look at this. Inslee baffles literally everyone with Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone answer. Governor Jay Inslee is being widely mocked for saying he wasn't aware of the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone in Seattle, his state's largest city. This is the biggest story in the country, receiving national attention, landing it on the Twitter trending list for over 24 hours. The Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, also known as Free Capitol Hill, is we, we know what it is. During a Wednesday afternoon press briefing, Inslee was asked to weigh in on the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. Inslee said he had no clue what the reporter was talking about. No one could believe their ears. Quote, well, that's news to me, so I'll have to reserve any comment about that. I have not heard anything about that from any credible source. Not that you're not credible. Just before I espouse an opinion, I should know of which I speak. His response earned local and national ridicule. Even President Trump is taking notice, yet the governor isn't. Look at this. This uh, Brandy Cruz says, speechless. Washington governor claims he's unaware that protesters have taken over nearly six city blocks in Seattle and dubbed it an autonomous zone, rendering an entire Seattle police department precinct useless. It's been trending nationwide on Twitter. It's been more than 24 hours. These people are insanely clueless as to what's going on. And you know what? <laughs> what do you expect? The people who vote for them also don't know what's going on. Man, I talk to my friends and they're like, what happened? I'm like, you, 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 do, not, you do not pay attention to the news. You, look, I get it. Most people don't. But this is what, we, this is what we, we see right now. Now, I get it. The left is going to deny that the police are telling the truth. They're going to say, this is a lie. No one's you know, uh, being shaken down. There's no intimidation. Oh, come on, man. People with guns guarding the checkpoints. There are reports on Twitter that if you try to come in, they'll frisk you so you don't bring in weapons. They're on the lookout for white supremacists and they don't allow cops inside. There's no freedom of speech. Yeah, I guess if you turn on the media, they'll tell you otherwise because the New York Times is like free speech within the zone. No, it's, there's a video going viral of them kicking out journalists. So, so please spare me. Now, I guess the big question is, will Donald Trump actually come in and crush you know, this, 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 this zone or whatever? And I mean that figuratively, like, will he come in and clear it out? I don't think so. I'm sorry, man. I'm just going to say it. What has Trump really done? as far as it goes with law enforcement, come out and said he'd do stuff. And then what? Nothing really happened. I mean, when the police cleared out by the White House, Bill Barr is claiming that he was the one who said, you know, clear it out or whatever. Sure, you can say that Trump is more forceful. And as, you know, uh, the head of the federal government, he's not necessarily going to come into the state governments. But is he doing anything? Look, man, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think the Republicans are going to get anything done. I really, really don't. So who knows what will happen come November? Everybody's demoralized and no one really expects anything. Let's read about what the police are saying. They say it was an unusual sight. Seattle Fire Chief Harold Scogans working with people occupying streets in Seattle to close two large rolling metal gates that lead into the garage of the East Precinct. They basically talk about how the fire chief came in and said, we don't want anyone in the building. And they, they agreed and helped him. You look around and everything's peaceful and there's, there's no organized leadership. They say, uh, uh, and that uh, lack of organized leadership is hampering efforts to bring back some normalcy to the area and have officers return to the precinct, said Assistant Police Chief Deanna Nolette. 
Now, let's said her department and other city departments are trying to find the leaders of Chaz to negotiate a roadmap for the area's immediate future. She said police are receiving reports of armed people manning the checkpoints, intimidating people trying to enter. While Washington is an open carry state, there is no legal right for those arms to be used uh, to intimidate community members, Nolet said. Nolet said operating a citizen checkpoint on a public street is illegal. Well, perhaps you should realize what they've been saying to you the whole time. When you enter, it says you are now leaving the United States. They do not care for your laws and your rights. You have no constitutional guarantees, and they'll throw you out if they feel like it. We have heard anecdotally of citizens and businesses being asked to pay a fee to operate within this area. This is crime of extortion, Nolet said. Simone snickered when we told him what Nolet had said. Definitely no extortion. Definitely nothing of that, Simone said. We've invited people to come in. During our six-hour afternoon visit, we did not see any examples of what police are talking about, but that doesn't mean it's not happening. Simone did agree with police on the lack of an organized leadership of the group. Everyone is stepping up and being a leader and taking the initiative and not being complacent and watching out for each other, says Simone. But what's happening on Capitol Hill is, uh, is having an effect citywide. Right now, we're on priority calls only, which means the people citywide who need a police response are not receiving it, Nolet said. That to us is just not acceptable. The assistant chief was ushered away by her staff and did not answer questions as to why that's the case. Neither SPD or occupiers we spoke with indicated there was an end to the Chaz soon. Now they're claiming inside, of course, no one's, you know, uh, being, being shaken down. Of course not. I'm willing to bet they are, man. The report is apparently they went to a building and demanded like $500 or whatever. Now here's the big problem. How do we know what's really happening? Do you think the media will be honest with you about what's going on inside the zone? I will now just tell you the answer is a resounding no. The New York Times has already praised this place, saying it was liberated and now a fight for racial equality is happening. Yeah, after they purge the higher ups at many of these companies, you will only get gospel from this religious group. And I'm using that figuratively. I'm saying that they're, uh, they're, they're zealous fanatics. Drew Holden tweeted, it seems not all takeovers are created equal. Here's a thread about the ways outlets have talked about the anarchy of the Seattle Autonomous Zone versus the 2014 Bundy standoff in Oregon. The New York Times said free food, free speech, and free of police inside the Autonomous Zone, where they claim that it was liberated. Then you have this one. Bundy brothers defend armed occupation of Oregon refuge. Now, that's actually not necessarily negative. Here's CNN. Seattle police want to return to vacated precinct in what protesters call an autonomous zone. The other one, armed groups, uh, armed groups, leader in federal building. We will be here as long as it takes. They're not really that bad, but you can kind of see how they, they increasingly become more favorable to a certain extent. A GOP state legislator helped plan an armed occupation in Oregon. Investigators say, calling it domestic terrorism. I don't care that the media is biased. You can argue the president is biased. You can argue the Republicans are biased. and The Democrats are biased. What I'm concerned about is the media that's supposed to be telling us what's going on is taking a double is presenting us a double standard. If the politicians themselves are biased, okay, fine. But if the media always skews things, they're acting in tandem with politicians. So yes, the media is biased and this is what you'll end up seeing. Now, I guess as long as you understand their bias, you can navigate this effectively. But imagine if you're someone who just uncritically reads only the New York Times you have no idea what's going on in the world, and you are probably extremely ignorant as to what is going to happen, like what is happening and what is going to happen. But here we go. Who is Raz Simone? 
Well, he's the one who says, nah, nah, there's nothing going on. But apparently he's a dictator. In this tweet, someone says, Seattle Autonomous Zone now has a warlord. It's been two days. Who is Rez Simone? And, uh, and who, is, uh, who, who is Rez Simone? And who is he and, and his crew accountable to? Anyone? Are they de-, de facto authority here now? If so, does that basically make them warlords? Raz's crew is self-appointed, heavily armed, has indicated their intention to police the area, and has engaged in the use of force. I'm unaware of any rival street force of their stature expressing the desire to hold authority in the area. The power vacuum has apparently been filled. I'm guessing he made himself in control since he has the guns. I only knew him from three years ago when he gave all my staff his mixtape when he came into our work. Well, there you go. There's a bunch of other posts here, but apparently they're saying that he assaulted a man. Some people are saying that he threatened to murder the man. He broke his glasses. He broke his, his phone. They say a man was tagging over someone else's art. Raz and group approached and, se- uh, and separated him from, his, from the crowd, chasing him for two blocks. He begins to film them with his phone. They take it from him. He tries to get it back and they attack him, kicking him in the head and breaking his glasses. At one point, Raz threatens to shoot the man. They then begin to gaslight him. This was all his fault. Audio only for most of the end because the woman in Raz's crew filming puts her phone in her pocket. Well, congratulations. You have now created a communist nightmare. Someone has just appointed themselves the police of the area. Here's another one. Really seems like this guy is going to ruin it for everyone. They say, yeah, Raz has got to step down for the community. If he doesn't understand how problematic he is for this movement, then he doesn't care about the movement. This is ridiculous. Both parties are foaming at the mouth and happy, waiting for the media to report Free Cap Hill as a failure. You betcha. Because it is. You're LARPing. Look at this. Someone said, granted, I'm not in the zone, but from everything I've seen and heard about the guy, it's lo- it looks like he's taking advantage of the situation or just LARPing. Live action role play. You know what? All of these people are morons. Every single one of them. They all accuse each other of LARPing. It's because you're all LARPing. There is no autonomous zone. You're dependent upon the pizza restaurant next door and the, and the, the, the little old liberal women who brought in a, a crate full of ice cream for everybody. You have no food. You have no farms. You have no control. You have no funds. And you can't even properly police your own area. Nothing about this is autonomous. It's a bunch of kids just blocking up a street and dancing in the street and watching documentaries. Congratulations. You live in a bubble and you don't realize just how good you have it. Now, in response to these claims, the autonomous zone leader denies acting like a warlord in no cop co-op from Fox News. A group of protesters who have taken over downtown Seattle. Uh, you know, OK, I'm going to skip that. One man, a rapper named Raz Simone, appears to have had uh, to have tried to position himself as the leader of the no cop co-op where hundreds have been encouraged to remain camped out to occupy the now graffiti-ridden zone in Seattle's capital district that includes a shuttered police precinct. Simone on Tuesday denied accusations. He had declared himself the warlord of uh, of the Chaz, which has wooden barricades and armed checkpoints meant to keep out uniformed police officers. And a sign hung above the precinct reads, this space is now property of the Seattle people. It always was, you morons. (laughs) Here's what Raz said. Trump tweeted domestic terrorists have taken over Seattle, run by radical left Democrats, of course, law and order. And what did Raz say? The president really put a hit on my head. I'm not a terrorist warlord. Quit spreading that false narrative. The world has never been ready for a strong black man. We have been peaceful and nothing else. If I die, don't let it be in vain. LARPing, please 
Calm down, bro. You're in Seattle. Okay, a little old lady recently came in with a crate full of ice creams and they were handing them out. If anything, you've got a farmer's market on your hand. No one's going to come and kill you, bro. And the funny thing about this is Trump didn't say Raz. He said domestic terrorists have taken over. Raz then responded as though Trump was talking directly about him. I think it's fair to say y'all got a warlord who thinks he's the leader of your of your, your autonomous zone. The funny thing about it is, you know, I was talking about this the other day. The tagger, the conflict that happened, the dude spray painting the walls and Chaz and his crew come up and there's a video of it. And he's like, yo, you know, stop doing this. The business owner is being nice to us. We got to keep things safe and peaceful. And the dude's like, no, you know, I can do what I want. Then someone in the, in, in the crew says, we're the police now. And they shut him down. Chaz, uh, or, or, I'm sorry, Raz apparently like grabs the guy and walks him away. But just think about how funny that is. The building owner has asked them to protect his establishment. And so the newly appointed warlord of this space walks up and says, we're going to protect the property owners here. Isn't it hilarious? They've replaced the police with their own police. They've got armed guards standing at the checkpoints. They've quite literally done they've they've moved through a revolution so quickly. I'm actually impressed. They have armed police. They have they've put up walls to keep undesirables out of their territory. Isn't it funny? They've also run out of food. Yeah, like, 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 uh, like all the other communist utopias we've seen. The president has really put a hit, on my, a hit on my head. Yes. Was the president really talking about you, Raz? President Trump has accused radical left Democrats in charge of Seattle and the state of allowing ugly anarchists to disrupt law and order. Hundreds stormed Seattle City Hall Tuesday night to demand Mayor Jenny Durkin defund police or step down. OK, let's 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 be honest here. For the most part right now, you got a whole lot of nothing. Sure, it's silly to just, dis- uh, you know, to see this guy Raz acting like a warlord. But come on, man. It's the internal politics of a tiny pocket of a couple hundred activists who think who are playing a game of cops and robbers, revolutionaries and riots with, with you know, with their friends. And then the little old ladies are bringing them their ice cream like mom would when the kids are playing in the backyard. That's all they're really doing. Do I think we need to be talking about the internal politics of nothing? No. But to be fair, the president did tweet about it. So, OK, we'll talk about it. And other than that, this really does have the potential to to become something larger if we start seeing mass occupations around the country. Now, the thing you got you to gotta understand about Occupy Wall Street is that it's mostly just just leftists in a camp, you know, protesting. This is a bit different. The, the Occupy Wall Street stuff didn't have buildings. Some people have said just cut off the power to the buildings. I'm like, no, because there are people who live there who have nothing to do with this. But now they're, they're, they're being extorted by some of these activists who demand money and they're going to do it. What are you going to do if your building is surrounded? And there's no police and someone comes in, and says pay up or else. Yup, these people have nothing else they can do because they're under the boot now of a bunch of lunatics, including this warlord guy. Well, over at the Reddit for the Cap Hill Autonomous Zone, one of the top posts says, dear leftists, your LARPing is ruining the Chaz. They, I'm not going to read this, but they basically say that this is not a revolution. It is just something cool you've done that one time, but quite literally telling them they're all LARPing. And the best thing they can hope for is that they can brag about how one time they had a party in the street and that's it. That's it. He says, you're ruining it by trying to give it more meaning than that. Apparently the Chaz for what it is and stop, uh, uh, appreciate the Chaz for what it is and stop humiliating yourselves by acting like you're some kind of revolutionaries. You're not. You're just having fun while it lasts. So go and have fun and don't take it too seriously. So apparently, oh, he says, I've been banned for this post, but I want to point out one thing from the comments. This isn't abuse. 
The dogs like the taffy, and that's why they ate it. It just made them useless for attacking people for about 10 minutes or so while they gnaw on it. It's just really chewy. That's all. It didn't hurt them. Oh, he's referring to someone giving taffy to dogs, I guess. Oh, and his ban was lifted. Don't criticize the zone. Yeah. Check out this last video. You can see that, uh, according to Andy No, rioters are grabbing whatever fencing they can find around downtown Portland to build their own autonomous zone. So now it's spreading. They're trying to make autonomous zones in other places. Okay. So maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's silly. Maybe we can laugh at it. But considering the rapid culture, uh, cultural revolution we've seen, the banning of tons of, uh, we've seen movies get banned now, which, you know, they may bring back on with the wind. Cards from Magic the Gathering, a card game being banned. Books being banned from Amazon. Messages popping up on Amazon and video games saying, have you made your pledge to diversity and inclusion? Bend the knee to our dogma. And now you're seeing in more cities, people trying to create these autonomous zones. This may spread. So don't laugh now. A lot of people are laughing at this, insulting them, saying, ha look how dumb they are. Uh-huh. And perhaps it will spark something larger. And it may seem like a joke now, but it may not seem like a joke later. Maybe Trump will come in and actually crush it. Maybe he won't. I got I to gotta, I gotta be honest. I don't think he's going to do anything. I do not believe Trump will do anything. And I'll leave it there. I'll be keeping up with the story to see what happens. But stick around. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. at youtube.com slash timcastnews. And I will see you all then. This story is going around because people find it absolutely hilarious that a man has been critically injured after trying to tear down a statue. Now, I understand why people think it's funny. I'm not happy about it. But let me tell you the gist of it. Here's the headline. Man is critically injured after Confederate soldier's monument is torn down and falls on his head in Virginia, as protesters also topple statue of Confederate President Jefferson Davis. I can understand why people want to tear these statues down. What I can't understand is why there's just rampant lawlessness going on for what the past few years pertaining to these statues. These people are emboldened. They're not engaging in any kind of democratic process. They're just romping about destroying public property. Now, of course, they feel morally justified. But is that really it? Is there no public support to say, hey, at least we'll have a vote on this? Hey, at least we'll move these to a museum and explain what they are, and what they mean? No, no one does anything. So let me let me tell you something. And, and we'll read this story because I'm sure a lot of people find it humorous. I think it's kind of shocking that you have a roving band of rioters destroying property and being critically injured in their in their stupidity. But if you don't show up and you don't speak out for this or or and the police don't, well, you're 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 uh, you're abstaining from the vote, essentially. I guess most people don't know what to do when you have a mob of people screaming and being violent and destroying things. But hey, man, listen, if we can't do anything about that, well, then there's no rule of law, is there? We've already seen in New York and Fort Worth, they're not going to charge people who are ideologically aligned with Black Lives Matter. The government is now favoring this group and they are going around doing whatever they want and they're getting injured because of it. So yes, I get it. Let's read the story. The Daily Mail says, a protester has been left critically injured after a Confederate statue that was being torn down during a demonstration in Portsmouth, Virginia, came crashing down on his head Wednesday night. The man, believed to be in his 30s, had been part of a group of protesters attempting to topple the statue yesterday evening. According to one witness, the group had attached ropes around the base of the statue and had been pulling, uh, pulling away at it for some time when the monument eventually gave way and fell forwards. The man, who has not yet been identified, had been standing directly in front of the statue as it fell, striking him in the head. Quote, we could see that his skull was actually showing. Whoa, he was convulsing on the ground. 
and he lost a great amount of blood. The president of Black Lives Matter, 757, told the station, we ask everybody to pray for that man right now. Perhaps this is why you shouldn't just randomly show up and destroy statues. Listen, why don't you have a vote on it? Maybe the real reason they don't want to do it is because the community actually doesn't want the statues torn down. I, there, there have been some stories where there was a vote on removing statues, and they typically say, no, don't do it. So these people know their only opportunity is to do it by force, and no one will stop them. I'm not a fan of a lot of these statues. I don't care for the Confederacy, the Confederate flag, or Jefferson Davis. I don't think these are these were noble people that we, the, the victors of the Civil War, should be defending. But I do think you don't want people to have statues land on their head, exposing their skull as they nearly die. And I don't think just going around and destroying things solves anything either. Those who forget the past are doomed to repeat it. Destroying these things is a stupid emotional response that does nothing to make sure the problems of the past don't resurface. In fact, it does the opposite. You are helping to make sure it comes back. These people are morons. Yeah, here's some photos of the statue being toppled over. The Portsmouth Police Department urged all citizens to avoid the area as they attempted to disperse demonstrators and investigate an incident that resulted in a citizen getting injured. The department said in a tweet, demonstrators, they're not demonstrators, dude. They're roving bands of rioters and vandals. I don't know what you call them. Ideologue, zealots, fanatics. Fanatics stopped to commemorate the man with a moment of silence before acquiescing to police demands to leave the area. The man was taken to, to the hospital, though his condition is not known at the time. In total, Four statues were beheaded and pulled down at the Portsmouth Confederate Monument as police watched on Wednesday. Well, there you go, man. We are we are in the midst of a culture revolution. The police won't do anything to stop it. You know why? Because no one supports them, because the media demonizes them. So there you go. If nobody cares this is happening, well, then don't be surprised if it happens. I actually think most people are simply abstaining out of fear because of the culture revolution. We're seeing people get fired for criticizing Black Lives Matter. We're seeing movies be banned. We're seeing Magic the Gathering cards being banned from. Uh, they're, they're, <laughs> this is the stupidest story, man. The, uh, a card game is banning cards with normal in-game functions because people think it's racist. Then you got to ban the whole game, dude. But this is what's happening and people are freaking out over it. And you know what? If you're, if you're too weak to stand up for what you believe in, then you don't deserve to have it. I'm sorry. You don't get to just have all of these things. You have to protect and defend your rights and what you believe in. Well, these people believe in something and they're going around and destroying property and the cops won't do anything about it. Why? Because no one is opposing them. Well, there you go. This is your future. They will come destroy everything you love. They will come destroy your monuments and your statues. They have joked about destroying the Washington Monument. It'll happen. They just banned. They removed Gone with the Wind. Now, apparently they're going to bring it back with educational context. Oh, please. They got rid of Elmer Fudd's gun and Yosemite Sam's guns. How stupid is that? You can, you, <laughs> guns still exist. This is not like uh, offensive racist jokes of the past. No, it's happening rapidly and very, very quickly. These people have seen an opportunity to strike and nothing is stopping them. Yeah, you might think that voting for Trump or voting for Republican in, the, you know, in November is going to save you. I doubt it. Trump's polls are in the gutter. And you can argue that, well, the, the polls are probably wrong. Maybe they are. But what is really going to happen if Trump wins? If the dominant culture is saying orange man bad and there is nothing you can do to stop us, what could Trump really do about it? Send in the troops. Why? If public support isn't on his side, he'll just get removed from office. Then there will be some kind of weird civil war. I don't know. The problem is people who care don't want to get involved. That's it. 
That's it. I, I, I always thought about how annoying it was when I see people like this complaining about like, uh, sir, I, I remember in Chicago, there was a wait staff issue. And all my friends, I, I had a lot of friends who were like, it's not fair that servers at restaurants get paid, you know, less than, uh, they get paid like $3 an hour. And the minimum wage was like 10 or whatever. And I was like, okay, so quit. And they're like, well, no, I don't want to quit. I'm like, oh, well, then stop complaining, dude. Like the, the, you, you walked into a room and, they, and you said, excuse me, what are the rules? I said, here are the rules. I said, I'd like to play by those rules. Now you're mad you're playing by those rules. If every one of you just quit right now, the rules would change overnight. Welcome to collective bargaining. But no one will do it. Well, these people know how to do it. Guess what? The cops sit back and watch as they do. So good for them. They're getting what they want, right? No one else is doing anything. Let's read a little bit more. They say, efforts to tear down, tear the first of the statues down began around 8.20 p.m., but the rope they were using snapped. The crowd was frustrated by the Portsmouth City Council's decision to put off moving the monument. They switched to throwing bricks from the post that held the plaque that had been <laughs> pulled down as they initially worked to bring down the statue. The actions come amid national protests. We know about the protests. Every, every news outlet does this. Like, shut up. We get it. These are fanatics. These are roving bands of ideological fanatics. And no one will stand in their way. All right, well, then you, you get what you deserve. And you want to know what you get? you get pandemics. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you now the glorious results of all of the riding and the support from the Democrats. Here's what you get. White House Coronavirus Task Force tells governors to prepare for spike in cases from George Floyd protests, says 70 testing sites have been destroyed. Wow. Maybe that's why they wanted the riots, right? Maybe that's why the Democrats liked it. COVID was drying up. It was going away, man. Well, how are you going to push for mail-in voting if there's no more pandemic? I know encourage everybody to go out and riot. Okay, go out and protest. But many of them did riot, huh? Then when you were sitting there confused saying, I don't understand, this is going to make COVID worse. COVID must not be real. No, no, it's, it's very much real. Yeah. The goal is just get as many of these people as sick as possible, I guess, because they went around destroying test sites. This is truly an incredible story. The Blaze reports in a conference call with governors Monday, Top officials on the White House Coronavirus Task Force expressed concerns that a spike in virus infections could result from the mass protests erupting across the country in recent days over the death of George Floyd. In an audio recording of the call obtained by the Daily Beast, Vice President Mike Pence can be heard bluntly stating that infection spikes due to protests are an issue our team is following and there is a concern. Coronavirus Response Coordinator Dr. Deborah Burks relayed fears that yelling, uh, that yelling by protesters may be counteracting the safety benefits of wearing a mask. She also informed governors that a whopping 70 testing sites across the country had been destroyed as part of the protests and riots and urged them to scramble now to make sure there is testing available in urban areas. OK, good job, Democrats. You have just handed Donald Trump a nuclear weapon in the political space. You want to talk about a lack of testing? Well, it was the protests you encouraged that destroyed the testing sites. Oh, it was the rioters. Yeah, well, in Fort Worth, they just said they're dropping all charges against people who are rioting. Now, if you'd like to explain to me why it is that rioters went and destroyed testing sites, I'd be willing to hear it. What does that have to do with racial equality? Nothing. These people were just destroying things for no reason. But again, I can't begin to tell you what the strategy of these people, the, 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 these Democrats, uh, what their strategy is. Seems like they want to do everything in their power to make sure the uh, COVID pandemic gets worse. 
Oh, okay. So you encourage people to go out screaming, which yes, will likely spread the virus faster than if you were just standing shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, the screaming and yelling really helps. And then they went and destroyed testing sites. Now we can't track it properly and they're going to blame Trump for it. That's what they're going to do. Yeah, you know what, man? I say we're doomed. (laughs) I've been saying that for a while, though. I have no idea what's going to happen, but I think things are going to get dark for a little while. Maybe these lunatics will uh, finally get some comeuppance and realize the world is not all candy canes, Skittles and rainbows or whatever. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe they're just, you know, maybe the United States is just too wealthy and comfortable. They've got everything handed to them. You take a look at what's going on at the Chaz, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. You've actually got somebody posting saying we invited homeless people in and they stole all our food. Please bring vegan meat substitutes because we're hungry. Wow. The epitome of bourgeois privilege. I am but a noble revolutionary. I do not need your peasant food. Bring me the expensive stuff from the special section at the health food store. That's what they're doing. Maybe something needs to happen where they actually understand what hardship is, but they're not going to. It won't happen. They have been pampered their whole lives. Everyone's, everything's been given to them. Let me explain to you why it is they're going around whining and complaining and tearing down statues. Imagine what these children were like when they were growing up with their, with their pathetic parents. And they're sitting in the room and they're, and they're like, I want candy bars for dinner. And the mom's like, well, but you can't have candy bars. I want candy bars for dinner. And the mom goes, okay, okay. <laughs> and then she goes and buys candy bars. And gives her kid, kid, kid has a temper tantrum. I don't know what to do to make him stop crying. So I just give him candy bars. Congratulations. Now that they're older and they're sitting there stomping their feet and crying and whining because a statue exists and they don't like it. They show up with ropes. They pull it down and somebody gets whacked in the head, exposing their skull. And they're nearly, they're, they're on the verge of dying. This is what, this is what I called bad parenting. These kids, they grew up to be just man, gray blobs of nothing with no understanding, with entitlement and all of these negative traits, nothing positive about them. They think they're heroes, but they're weirdo zealots who literally destroyed testing sites. All right. All right. I'll tell you this. You want to you want to talk about the virtue of destroying Confederate statues? Let's have an argument about the Confederacy, the Civil War. And I, I got to admit, I sit here sometimes and I'm like, I don't know, at a certain point, maybe we shouldn't name things after the Confederates. It was kind of a compromise when they lost. We would still honor and respect those who fought for what they what they believed in and things like that. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm not a big fan of the Confederacy in any capacity. So I'm, I'm totally OK with moving statues, replacing with plaques and putting them in museums so we can always remember exactly what it was and why it was and why we democratically decided to change things and move things. That's what I think makes sense, right? These people don't want that. These people are showing up. So so again, we can argue the merit of statues. I think there's a good argument there. Now, can we argue the merit of destroying COVID testing facilities? Can anyone give me any real positive as to what their ideological aim was in destroying testing facilities? Oh, there isn't one. It's just a roving band of lunatics who are doing things randomly. They don't actually care about the Confederacy. They just need something to tear down. They want to attack symbols of things they don't like. They are bored. They are LARPing. That's why they're asking for vegan meat substitutes in their autonomous zone. If it was truly autonomous, you'd have your own food and police force or some kind of security force. Instead, there's apparently some like warlord who's taken over and he's beating people up. 
not an autonomous zone. No, it's you playing cops and robbers in your backyard. And then you get hungry and you ask mom to make you a PBJ, but cut the crusts off. I want a sandwich, but I don't like the crust, mom. Can you make a PBJ, but take the crusts off? Okay, dear. And then she comes out with a little bag of chips and your little glass of milk. That's what they're doing. And when they show up to smash windows, they don't know what they're smashing or why they're smashing it, but they're making everything in this country worse. And the best part, no one is doing anything about it. The cops aren't doing anything about it. The cops in Buffalo are resigning. Now, there's a rumor going around the reason they resigned was because they were, they were told they would no longer, be, no longer be backed by the police union. I don't know if that's true. Apparently, the official report is that they were resigning in solidarity with the two officers who got charged for pushing that old man or whatever it is you think happened. I don't care. Now, that's being used as propaganda to claim it is all cops and all cops are bad. Yeah, maybe it is. But I, I, I heard a rumor that it was actually because they fear that they won't, they, the same thing will happen to them. So they quit. And that makes sense to me. We're seeing cops all over the place quit. Cops in New York resigning, according to one report, six officers a day resigning. And uh, we, we heard reports in Minneapolis, tons of retirements and cops resigning. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but in Minneapolis, they're calling for disbanding the police. Well, here you go, man. Maybe, maybe, here's what, maybe something will happen. Maybe come November, all the polls are wrong. Maybe regular Americans are watching rioters destroy pandemic testing facilities and getting critically injured, tearing down statues. And maybe regular Americans are going, this is insane. This is absolutely insane. Joe Biden can't win. Maybe they're thinking that. And maybe the polls are wrong. Maybe they're polling the wrong people. That's what happened in 2016. Maybe Donald Trump and the Republicans sweep and gain control of everything. And then a bunch of laws and reforms are passed and law and order returns to this country. And all of these lunatics shut up. I'm not entirely confident, though. Do you see the, the, the Air Force doing their special presentation on you know Black Lives Matter or whatever? The National Guard taking a knee. All of these major industries bending the knee. Listen, perhaps the secret ballot will save us. But it's also possible that people actually like what's going on. So if that's the case, you have to recognize that, yeah, you are probably in a fringe minority of people who hold civil, civil libertarian ideals, meaning live and let live and the Constitution. And that's all going away. Because roving bands of fanatics with ropes are tearing down and destroying public property and statues, and they're destroying our testing facilities. Why would they do that? I don't know, unless they want the destruction. Why would they, would they target the police departments? Why would they want to abolish them? Because they want to replace the police with themselves. I am not making that up. Take a look at the, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, and you will see exactly what happens when they abolish the police. A warlord. That's what they're calling him. A warlord steps in. Apparently, he's already assaulted several people. Apparently, drew a gun, like he has people with guns or whatever, threatened the life of some guy, destroyed his property, his, his glasses, and took his phone or something. This is what you get. There, there, there will always be a power vacuum and someone willing to take it. Now, these morons are LARPing. They don't realize what they're doing because they're just whiny kids. They're literally playing, you know, like rioter and revolutionary in the backyard. And they're asking mom to bring them their vegan meats, uh, you know, their meatless vegan uh, substitutes, meat substitutes. That's what they're doing. Well, there are real world consequences for this. In Minneapolis, some moron who stoked the fires of the third precinct got arrested. His life's over. Some morons in New York City came with Molotov cocktails. Well, their lives are over. But I'm, I'm going to tell you this right now. Do you know what happens next in the chain of events of history? Okay, let me explain it to you. The people in New York, it's a man and a woman, they were lawyers, made Molotov cocktails. They showed up. The police have announced low-level crimes related to Black Lives Matter will not be prosecuted. 
Right now, one of the demands from these groups is the release of all people who are protesting against brutality. That includes the guy who stoked the flames in Minneapolis. That includes the two lawyers of Molotov cocktails. In the chain of events of history, the prevailing party, the ideologues and the zealots, gain enough power to where they actually force the police to release the criminals who were threatening to destroy things. And then these people get heralded as heroes who withstood the, the test of prison against the evil regime. That's how, that's how it'll go down unless something changes. Now, throughout history, we have seen an attempt by communists to fight fascists. And typically, at least in Europe in the past hundred years, it seems the fascists won out. It wasn't until the US came in and crushed the Germans with, with the help of many others, including the Soviets, that the Soviets actually took East Germany and then communism started to rise and become uh, something more powerful. But in Europe, it was typically, and even in, uh, uh, you know, we, we've seen the rise of military dictatorship in many places, but in Europe, the fascists tended to win. Right now, there is no fascists in the US. The fa- there's no fascist party. There may be some fascists lying in wait, understanding that this is the perfect opportunity to allow people to freak out. And so they can come in and they can swoop in and save the day, right? Right now, the two principal factions are civil libertarians and far left authoritarian extremists. The extremists are gaining ground. They have a dogmatic view of the world. They adhere to nonsensical principles of critical race theory. They destroy things. They even destroy testing centers for COVID. Then you have civil libertarians, people who believe live and let live. Unfortunately for us, be be you an old school liberal or a, a traditional conservative, we are all civil libertarian in the sense that we respect the Constitution, free speech, uh, you know, all, all the Bill of Rights and, and the subsequent amendments. So we're, we're, we are at a disadvantage because we favor liberty over security, over authority, meaning we would rather give you the opportunity to be free. These people exploit that goodwill because they're authoritarians. Take, look, look no further than the flag they wave. We will tread, they say. Well, the other side waves the flag, don't tread on me. One group is saying, leave me alone and let me do my thing. The other group is saying, we are coming for you and we will walk all over you. These are the factions. Well, when the civil libertarian side gets crushed because they don't do anything to stop this, you will probably start seeing some kind of rise of the far right. Some uh, whatever that means, traditionalists, I guess, and more. I don't want to say fascist because I really don't think we will see that you know powerful rise of any kind of fascistic group because Americans really hate them. But you will see some kind of far right group rise, and this will likely give us some kind of. I don't know. Maybe Trump wins re-election, invokes the Insurrection Act, goes around, and regular Americans still don't care. I don't like the idea of an expansive police state with spying powers. But in the end, the civil libertarians, the liberals, the classical liberals are going to get trounced all over by whoever ends up winning this. And that's the weakness of being about freedom. You don't have the opportunity. You don't have the power or the, the will to oppress people, to force them to do what you want. These people do. Now, the leftists are too pathetic and weak to actually win. It's why they tend to lose. Their ideology is stupid and makes no sense. The fascists, who actually there's not a large presence of them right now in the U.S., and, and, and similar ideologies of the, uh, you know, the authoritarian traditional right might start growing in power. And because they're much more brutal and forceful, well, they, they, they tend to win. So that's one prediction we can expect. Maybe everything that's happening right now will cause regular Americans to vote for hard right parties and politicians. And that will result in policies like uh, invoking the Insurrection Act, sending out the military and the National Guard, And then you will start seeing a rise of a more military style culture and traditional family values and things like that. I think 
The left does this with no rhyme or reason, and it creates a reaction from the right, and the right tends to win. Noam Chomsky said it when asked about Antifa violence. He said this is not the right path because in the arena of the, of the in the arena of violence, the strong uh, uh, what do you say the, the strong people? What do, I can't remember the exact quote, but he basically said the more in the arena of violence, the more aggressive side wins, and that doesn't tend to be us. Something to that effect. As he was asked about Antifa, that's a fact. Come on, man. You know that these, these just, just look at any one of the fights between the Proud Boys and Antifa, just any one of these fights. And there's that famous video that's gone viral over and over again of the Proud Boy winding up and then boom, clocking the Antifa guy in the face. The Proud Boys will win that fight every single day of the week. And that's why Proud Boys in New York went to prison because they, because they, they won and Antifa fled. And then the funny thing is Antifa wearing masks refused to cooperate with police and fled. They would have been charged too, but the Proud Boys played the rules. There you go. They get arrested. They go to prison. We'll see how things play out. I guess, you know, the only thing I can really say to the dude who got hurt, I I really do hope it gets better. These people are just, they're just ignorant. They're just morons. I'm not going to laugh at somebody getting bashed over the, over the head because they're stupid. I don't know how else to put it, man, but you know, I understand why people are going to laugh about it. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 PM on this channel, and I will see you all then. Just about a week ago, I commented on Tucker Carlson and how he was being dragged by leftists over his take on the rioting taking place across this country. He was criticizing celebrities for paying the bail for protesters and rioters. I don't know exactly how they differentiate between who gets bailed out for what crime. So yeah, probably some rioters got bailed out, probably some protesters. And I said, it was only a matter of time before they come for Tucker Carlson like they have in the past, and he starts to lose more advertisers. Well, here we are. According to Deadline, Tucker Carlson's Fox News show loses Disney and other advertisers over George Floyd killing and Black Lives Matter POV. I don't know necessarily if he is more susceptible than I am to having woke outrage shut him down. He's got Fox News behind him, but Fox News needs to make money and they pay Tucker Carlson millions of dollars. If he can't get any sponsors for his show, then what are they going to do? Eventually, I can only imagine they will end it. That's why in my personal opinion, I kind of lean towards I think Tucker Carlson is not long for this world. Although you have Hannity and Laura Ingram, who may be more, I mean, worse from the left's perspective, they love to go after Tucker Carlson, probably because Tucker is often right. Hannity and and Ingram can be a bit bombastic and their opinions, in my opinion, are often predictable. Tucker Carlson actually is ahead of the curve and he actually has some some pretty good thoughts on everything that's going on, though I don't completely agree with everything he says. I think they're going to do everything in their power to try and destroy him and it's working. But let me tell you something. The culture revolution and the banning of ideas isn't just about Tucker. He's just a big target because he is principal opposition for these lunatics as am I. So I can only assume at a certain point they'll come for me as well. And they've probably been trying. They'll probably make fake recordings and fake tweets and stuff like that and do what they do what they normally do. But they're also coming for, have you guessed it yet? Paw Patrol, apparently, because Paw Patrol depicts a dog who happens to be a cop. And that can't be allowed because pro-police propaganda must be shut down. Now, I know these are kind of different stories, but they're a little similar. The reason I bring them up is It's not really about Tucker Carlson. It's about shutting down dissent. Tucker gets uh, in. Tucker is in the front of the line because not only is he a dissenting voice showing an alternative picture of uh, what's going on, but he directly opposes them. So they got to get rid of him first by any means necessary. 
I wouldn't be surprised if Fox does, but Fox does have Fox Nation, which is a subscription-based service, which perhaps can make sure Tucker survives. Because Tucker, I believe, is now their most popular show. They don't want to lose that. They would lose a lot of their, their subscribers. One thing we've seen, however, and I want to, I'll, I'll, we'll get to this story. We saw that, that General What's-His-Face come out and apologize for being in that photo with Trump. I tell you what, man, ranks are forming. People are starting to hedge their bets. Which side are you on and who do you think will win? I present to you the culture war wager. I've brought it up before, but before I read this, let me just tell it to you again. If you are on the left and the left wins, you're fine. If you are on the right and the left wins, you are in serious trouble. If you are on the right and the right wins, you're fine. And if you were on the left and the right wins, you are fine. I I hope I got that right. Anyway, the point is, if you map out the the quadrants, if you do a graph of where you are uh, most likely to be safe, it's to be a leftist. Why? Well, if civil libertarians win, you're still allowed to be a leftist. If the left wins and you're a leftist, you're fine. But if you're conservative and the conservatives win, you're fine. If you're conservative and the left wins, they come for you and they will destroy you. So now we are seeing many, many people rush to apologize, to bend the knee and quite literally wash the feet of these activists. Well, I'm not going to do it. Whatever. Tucker might get banned. I might get banned. Whatever, man. If it happens, it happens. If you don't stand up for what you believe in, you deserve what what happens to you. So if the good people of this country refuse to speak up and say anything, they refuse to stand up and fight for what they believe in. Well, then their rights will be erased. And it's what they it's what they've earned. You, you can't just assume you will always be free and everything will be given to you. No, you have to defend it. Let's read this story from Deadline. Updated with an ABC statement, they said Tucker Carlson may have one of the most watched shows on cable news, but the Fox News channel host is losing advertisers again. Whereas in 2018, over 20 companies yanked their ads after Tucker Carlson obtusely proclaimed that the undocumented made America poorer and dirtier and more divided. This time, the exits are over the host's stance on the death of George Floyd and the nationwide protests that followed against police uh, violence and racism. Both Disney and T-Mobile have cut ties with the primetime Tucker Carlson tonight over the host's polarizing point of view on the Black Lives Matter movement and the desire for justice and equality in America many of its members advocate. Along with Papa John's and Smile Direct Club, the media giant and the telecommunications brand faced a backlash in recent days for their association with Carlson and his belief that the well-attended protests were Black Lives Matter riots. Many of them were peaceful protests. Many of the peaceful protesters staged rather cool uh, events. I say cool as in like they showed up, they did this big performative thing. Many people got on their, you know, laid on their stomach, put their hands behind their back, chanted, and they left. And I, look, I don't care if you don't like the ideology, because I'm certainly critical of it. I'm absolutely supportive of the right of Americans to protest. And that's something I think needs to be defended at all costs. The unfortunate reality is that it presents people like me, civil libertarians with a disadvantage, that we're willing to grant the violent authoritarians the right to speak because we believe in free expression. They won't do the same. So in the end, you have these protesters that go out and do a fine protest, speaking up for what they believe in, many peaceful ones. And that's fine, even though they are flaunting COVID-19. And therein lies the serious conundrum. I support the right of people to protest the lockdown. I support the right of the people to protest for Black Lives Matter. But a lot of the activists and high profile personalities supporting Black Lives Matter did not extend the same rights to those who wanted to protest the lockdown. Take a look at CNN, for instance. They were just absolutely smearing peaceful protesters until it was their ideology. And that's what's dangerous. 
I believe in equality under the law. They don't. So that's what you'll get. And as they start to gain ground, anyone who dare oppose them will be stripped of their rights to free speech. And all that really matters is, look, you know, polls have come out showing that approval for Black Lives Matter is skyrocketing among the entire country. Net uh, unfavorability is in the 30%, depending on which poll you look at. Okay, you know what, man? Democracy, I guess. I'll keep standing up for what I believe in. And if I'm the last one standing there defending the right to, uh, to free speech, so be it. If no one else wants it, then you don't deserve it. So they go on to say, Fox News did not respond. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, another, or put another way. Wait, what, what just happened? Did it just jump? Yeah, okay, here we go. Or put another way, putting money in Rupert Murdoch's corporate pocket was not a branding position Disney or T-Mobile wanted to be in at this moment in America. Fox News did not respond to requests for comment tonight on the ad exits. While having run ads about 29 times this year on the much-watched Fox News channel, Disney also did not respond to a request for comment on the issue. However, sources tell Deadline that the ads for ABC shows on Tucker Carlson were placed in error by third parties. The ads will not be running anymore, with no more placements by the Bob Chapek-led House of Mouse expected on uh, Carlson anytime soon. They say, update. The ABC advertisements were placed on the show without our knowledge by third-party media buyers who were unaware that we do not advertise on the show. And they have now been notified not to place any further ads, according to an ABC spokesperson. We also realize that now more than ever is the time for all of us to further strengthen our commitment to diversity and inclusion everywhere. CEO Chapik, along with Executive Chairman Bob Iger and SVP and Chief Diversity Officer LaTondra Newton, told Disney staff in a May 30 note, five days after Floyd was killed in the street by now, we we get it. I, I love how they just keep always doing that. We know what's going on, man. We intend to keep the conversation going, not just today, but for as long as it takes to bring about real change. That's a stark contrast, to put it mildly, to Carlson's earlier encapsulations of the past two weeks in America. Last week, the host told his primarily conservative audience that they weren't required to be upset about Floyd's Memorial Day death in broad daylight on the street by cops. This is the same host who last summer pronounced white supremacy a hoax that should be put on the conspiracy theory shelf. Now, Tucker Carlson's point on the white supremacy issue is that you constantly hear about this dangerous threat from white supremacists, of which there is a microscopic amount of these people in this country. Where are they and what are they doing? There have been a few high profile incidents, and I think Tucker Carlson would be wise to plan his words better. Obviously, they're coming for you. You got to be careful about how you phrase things. But hey, man, he can say what he wants to say, and he has a right to say it. I think he has a point to be made about the idea of a hoax. I think it's more of a hysteria that you have, I think, according to the Anti-Defamation League, around 10 or 11,000 white supremacists in this country. And that's, I think, you know, out of 333 million, I think is a very, very small number. We've seen Vox.com try to inflate this, arguing that millions of people support this kind of thinking, which is just absurd because you can't read minds. So when you have a media apparatus that continually tells you that white supremacy is a real threat, I have to wonder why they're saying it. It's media hysteria. Though I do think there is a very serious threat from fringe ideologues, which attract them. We recently saw in response to Trump's declaration that he was going to brand uh, Antifa, a terror organization, a hashtag to brand the Klan, a terror organization. There, 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 there really is no clan. You know what I mean? The issue is, I absolutely don't care if they label the clan a terrorist organization. I really, really don't. But it's kind of absurd when you have active Antifa cells marching around in streets, bashing people. They're in the press constantly, 
because of what's happening. The president brings them up and they're like, but what about the Klan? Yeah, what about them? I don't know where they are. What are they doing? When was the last time you saw a Klan rally marching through the street? The 90s, I guess. Listen, man, if you want to label them terrorists too, I really don't care. Go for it. They're crazy people as far as I'm concerned. And they have a horrifying history as well. Antifa, though, has international ties and they, and, they, and they do organize, they do combat trainings, they have buildings, they have an ideology, they have funding, and they try to use this propaganda that they're not really an organization. Sure, man, just because they're decentralized doesn't mean they don't coordinate. It's part of their strategy to make sure there's no visible leaders, but there are leaders that you can name. I'm not going to name them now. But it's funny when they say, who do I talk to? Who do I sign up with? Uh, dude, are you kidding? You can Google search this. You will see who has been sued and who has been organizing and who's in charge of these things. It's absurd. But anyway, the point is, it's, it's, it's ridiculous that they try and claim that Antifa isn't doing anything, but it's propaganda. It's part, of, it's part of the game they play. And guess what, man? As long as Americans are terrified and hiding, uh, then you're going to lose. But you know what? There's another reality. Maybe they're just winning because people do like it. I don't necessarily believe it because when you look at a lot of the actual data tracking political ideology, these people make up a fringe of the fringe. Like on Twitter, for instance, it's 2% of the country that's active on Twitter. And of that, like, you know, what is it? 1.1% might actually be progressive activists. That tiny fraction of this country is dictating policy and cultural development. That's why I don't believe it. You also look at how Donald Trump won. There are a lot of people who voted against him for sure. And that may be the majority of people in this country don't like him. And maybe that's going to happen. Maybe Trump will absolutely lose. I think if you are arrogant and think he's going to win, yeah, you'll be surprised come November. Now, ultimately, I don't think voting is going to matter, though, because if you take a look at the political landscape, we have Joe Biden. Nobody likes him. You have Donald Trump, ardent supporters, a lot of people with Trump derangement syndrome, and the far left who absolutely rejects Joe Biden. So what's going to happen if Trump wins? then the left goes insane because they don't like, you know, Trump. If Biden wins, the left goes insane and the right goes insane. So I don't, I, I don't know what you can expect, man. But I'll tell you this right now. What we are seeing in terms of the culture revolution is rapidly expanding. It's expanding to the point where we have such absurdities like the banning of Paul, Paw Patrol now being in the New York Times. You've got the, the autonomous zone in Seattle and people are just posting lies about it to defend it and support it, overt propaganda, and the media is defending it. You don't have to act like they're a bunch of demons, but you don't got to act like they're the, the saving grace of Seattle, the liberation front or something. I think, I, I think my take on it was, was rather fair, that it looks like Occupy Wall Street. It's probably going to be nothing. It'll dwindle, but we'll see. It could be the start of something bigger. Take a look at this story. Let's talk about culture revolution. The protests come for Paw Patrol. This should show you the sheer absurdity of what's happening. A backlash is mounting against depictions of good cops on television and in the street. The New York Times reports, Paw Patrol is a children's cartoon about a squad of canine helpers. It is basically a pretense for placing household pets in a variety of cool trucks. The team includes Marshall, a firefighting Dalmatian, Rubble, a bulldog construction worker, and Chase, a German shepherd who is also a cop. In the world of Paw Patrol, Chase is drawn to be a very good boy who barks stuff like Chase is on the case and all in a police pup's day as he rescues kittens in his tricked out SUV. But last week, when the show's official Twitter account put out a bland call for black voices to be heard, commentators, commenters came after Chase, euthanized the police dog, they said, defund the Paw Patrol. All dogs go to heaven except the class traitors in the Paw Patrol. It's a joke, but it's also not. 
As the protests against racist police violence enter the third week, the charges are mounting against fictional cops too. Even big hearted cartoon police dogs, or maybe especially big hearted cartoon police dogs are on notice. The effort to publicize police brutality also means banishing the good cop archetype, which reigns on both television and in viral videos of the protests themselves. Paw Patrol seems harmless enough. And that's the point. The movement rests on understanding that cops do plenty of harm. You know, I'm a big fan of the Law and Order shows. They're a lot of fun. I, I really liked watching Law and Order SVU because I thought they had some, uh, some, good, some good characters. But I got to be honest with you, man. Stabler on Law and Order SVU was not a good cop. He was a bad cop who routinely beat up suspects. And I think sometimes they turned out to be innocent. So I don't think that when you watch shows, the, the archetype is that all cops are good. They actually present this in the shows, though they do often present the cops as good guys. I think there is a subtle nuance in some of these depictions of cops. Now, admittedly, Paw Patrol is overtly positive in terms of their depiction of a fictionalized 3D animated dog who saves kittens. But sure, how should we function? Should we operate as though we believe we're living under an occupied force or should the police be a part of our community? I think we are getting a dramatic false narrative of what the police really are. Now, listen, man, I think a lot of people don't like cops. I think when people are driving their cars, they see a cop, they get on edge and they don't want to be pulled over because cops negatively impact your life more often than they positively impact your life. This is just a sad reality. And I'm not saying that all cops are bad or anything like that, but, but think about it. The average interaction I would imagine with somebody somebody's having is getting a citation or a warning or being pulled over and people don't like that. They think when they see a cop, they're like, something bad will happen to me. And that's unfortunate. There have been calls to remove police from traffic policing so that, you know, traffic law will be enforced in some other way, but maybe that will reduce the amount of negative interactions people have with police. And by negative, I don't mean cops did anything wrong. I mean, people leave upset and angry that they encountered the police. People should leave encounters with the police happy and feeling good. When you call for a fire department, the likelihood that you're going to have a negative experience is rather low. The fire department comes and helps you or an ambulance, for instance. But cops have to enforce the law and people don't like being held to account when they do things wrong. And sometimes cops get these things wrong. I've been falsely arrested and I've been falsely given tickets and the cops didn't do anything for me. And I I firmly believe the cop who gave me a ticket knew full well he was forging this document and lying about what really happened. And it resulted in me getting a suspended license. That happened to me. It resulted in me getting arrested for it. And it was horrible. It absolutely was. And I'm not stupid enough to think that we can go without having police or that all cops are bad. Just too many. And that's why I believe reform is a good thing. But do I think we should start purging people from television and culture, banning certain shows? Absolutely not. It doesn't matter what I think. In fact, it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what even the progressives think. I can talk to any one of my progressive friends and say, isn't this crazy? And they say, they say, yes, it is. I say, don't you think it's nuts they're going to ban this police dog? Yes, it is. But the dominoes have fallen over. There is now a view inside the minds of the people working these companies that they must do this or else. It's, it's uh, you know, it's a snowball. It's an avalanche. It's an absolute avalanche. And as this falls, certainly the snowflakes don't blame themselves for it. And they say, I never wanted this. It doesn't matter. You all piled up and now the snowball is rolling down the hill and it's getting bigger and it's moving faster and faster. And at a certain point, there's nothing you can do about it because if you turn on the mob, they'll turn on you. So what's going to happen? Well, Tucker Carlson's first in line for obvious reasons. He opposes them. He presents an alternate worldview and they don't like that. Tucker's going to have to go. 
Shortly after, you're going to start seeing a purge of a lot of personalities on YouTube, of which I am included. Eventually, they will say free thinkers like Tim or counter, uh, you know, contrarians like Tim won't be allowed to present their opinions and tell us what's going on. Yeah, it's only a matter of time. And most people, I'd imagine, are just sitting around saying, you know, well, I'm going to take care of me and my own. And then the crazies take over. The best example of what's happening and the best warning is the Chaz, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. Apparently, some guy has taken over because he's got a group of uh, people who follow him, a crew. They've declared on camera that they're the police now. They're doing exactly what you'd expect police to do. And people have shown up with guns. But don't worry, they're there for your safety. That's actually what they said in the video. It's kind of hilarious how instead of creating an autonomous zone with no leaders and no cops, they just created a parallel society that does the exact same things. What I find funny is that during Occupy Wall Street, they had the same problem. And I was talking to some of the organizers and they said they think the problem is that everyone, including themselves, have only ever known this way of life. And so they don't know how to deal with these problems in any other way. So when problems arise, the natural tendency is to default to a policing system. Sure, fine, whatever. Well, maybe you should come up with a strategy for how you run these things before you implement them. Otherwise, a, quote, warlord will take over. That's what they're going to do. If they succeed in their culture revolution and purge and outright uprising to institute their proletariat revolution or racial justice, they may destroy all of our institutions. Things may fall apart. The law may break. Policing may may collapse. And it will take only a couple of days before the exact same system emerges. Only this time it will be completely disorganized and there will be no justice. Right now we're seeing in the chairs, this guy's walking up and just saying, stop or else, and then assaulting somebody. And no one can stop him. And that's what you can expect with lawlessness. They'll disband the police and say, we need to reimagine this. Mm-hmm. Well, I can tell you what's going to happen. My be- I-, I think the best bet is to get out of the cities. And you know what's funny about it? It's happening. Mortgage demand is up 13%. People are fleeing New York, Chicago, and San Francisco, probably Los Angeles too. Why? Because if there's no police and you're in a city and someone comes to your door and they say, what's yours is mine, what can you do about it? Nothing. There's no law and no one can stop them. At least if you're in the middle of nowhere, it's harder for them to get to your house and single you out. And maybe you'll be armed to protect yourself. I don't know to what degree this will happen, but seeing that general go on TV or whatever earlier and apologize for appearing next to Trump should be a, uh, a, a, another warning sign to all of you. A red flag, I would say. Why would this person draw that line? Why would all of these former generals come out and condemn Trump? Maybe it's because they're trying to hedge their bets that Trump loses or something bad happens, and they don't want to be the target of the outrage mob that comes with pitchforks. Well, that's because they're pathetic, whatever. I mean, maybe they're right. They can criticize Trump. That's fine. But stand up for what you believe in. Otherwise, why would anyone follow you? I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. at TimCast.net, and I will see you all then. Well, I can't say that I expected this to happen. Starbucks bans employees from wearing anything in support of Black Lives Matter. Of all the companies, Starbucks. Okay, sure, I'll take it. At least someone's not going completely insane. But I I don't know, it is kind of weird, especially when you consider that Starbucks allows their staff to wear LGBTQ pins or whatever. This is the one issue they're not in support of. Maybe it's because of the crazy backlash they got when those two guys couldn't use the bathroom and then everybody hated them. And now they're kind of freaking out about it. But I have bad news. While this may seem like some kind of beacon of hope because of the culture revolution happening, it's actually just one small blip 
It's actually not specifically about Black Lives Matter, and we got a wave of stories that are even more troubling. As it turns out, there's a researcher who tweeted that after the riots following the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr., Republicans actually got an edge because rioting makes people vote Republican. Peaceful protests makes people vote Democrat. Someone attacked him on Twitter for it. He apologized and said he wasn't aware that it was hurtful and he got fired for it. So sure, we can sit here and talk about how Starbucks can sell you coffee and you're not going to see a button from someone. I really don't care if they wear the button, mind you, but a researcher. Now nah, that'll get fired. I got a bunch of other stories too. Let's read this one from The Hill, which apparently is going very viral and people are angry about it. They say, an internal memo sent to Starbucks employees last week specifically warned staffers against wearing accessories or clothes bearing messages in support of Black Lives Matter. The memo obtained by BuzzFeed News reminds staffers that such messages are prohibited under the company's policy against accessories that advocate a political, religious, or personal issue. Numerous employees told the news outlet, however, that the company regularly allows or even encourages employees to wear pins in support of LGBTQ equality, especially during Pride Month every June. Quote, Starbucks LGBTQ plus partners wear LGBTQ plus pins and shirts that also could incite and create violent experiences amongst partners and customers. One black transgender employee of the coffee chain told BuzzFeed, we have partners who experienced harassment and transphobia slash homophobia for wearing their pins and shirts, and Starbucks still stands behind them. A video from a top company executive reportedly sent with the memo warned employees that agitators who misconstrue the fundamental principles of the movement could seek to amplify divisiveness if the messages are displayed in stores. We know your intent is genuine and understand how personal this is for many of uh, for so many of us. This is important and we hear you, the memo read. A company spokesperson confirmed the memo's authenticity to BuzzFeed and said that such messages are prohibited to create a safe and welcoming environment at Starbucks locations. We respect all of our partners' opinions and beliefs and encourage them to bring their whole selves to work while adhering to our dress code policy. The development comes as protests have erupted around the country. Yes, okay, seriously, we get it, media. Every single time any one of these stories is written, have you noticed this all day? They just throw in protests have erupted because of George Floyd. Yes, I'm pretty sure we don't live under rocks and we understand what's happening and we know what, what this is in, uh, uh, in reference to. So seriously, thanks. Now, listen, I think it's stupid. This is not the opposite of what we're seeing. It's the same thing. Censorship is censorship. If somebody wants to wear a little button, I don't care, man. If somebody wants to wear a shirt, I really, really don't care. In fact, I encourage you to stand up for what you believe in. Some people may look at this and say, at least some people are resisting the woke outrage. Sure, I guess technically, but I'm not all about that. I'm about freedom. I'm about the, the right to freedom of speech. I get it. You work for a company. You don't have freedom of speech when you're wearing their clothes. If you don't like what they want you to do, then don't work there. Sure, I get it. But if, if Starbucks is going to allow people to dress in one way or another, then I'd, I'm not going to be happy about them saying you can't support a cause you like. That's the problem. Okay, check it out. When you see stories like this, white UCLA professor under investigation after reading MLK's letter from Birmingham jail. Are you kidding me? It's all the same thing, telling you what you can't say or do. Now, within reason, I kind of get it, but this is just getting out of hand. There's an effort to get me fired at Cornell for criticizing the Black Lives Matter movement. This from William A. Jacobson, or if not fired, at least publicly denounced by the law school. 
Student groups plan to demand the law school critically examine the views of the people they employ as professors of the law. Welcome to the Inquisition. This is what they're doing. They're seeking out people with negative opinions and they're trying to get you fired. So while I can look at Starbucks and say at least it's different from this in some ways, it's all the same thing, man. I'm just I'm just so over all of this. This story is probably the most egregious. Jesse Single tweets, a 28-year-old social democratic data scientist lost his job at Civis Analytics for tweeting an article by a biracial Princeton African-American studies scholar suggesting that rioting is politically counterproductive. This is horrifying. Well, the story is written by Jonathan Chait. I'm pretty sure he's the crazy guy who wrote about Trump being a Russian asset or whatever. But regardless, the story is still actually horrifying. I have to wonder if these people actually want Donald Trump to win. Seriously, rioting was bad. Everybody hates rioting. Rioting makes Republicans win. And if you point that out, you're bad. Seriously, the people who have criticized the rioters have been smeared, slammed and attacked. And this guy who says, hey, rioting actually helps Republicans is apparently bad. Take a look at this story from uh, from NY Mag. Here's what David Shore tweeted. Post MLK assassination race riots reduced Democratic vote share in surrounding counties by 2%, which was enough to tip the 1968 election to Nixon. Nonviolent protests increased Democratic vote, mainly by encouraging warm elite discourse and media coverage. So why, why, why get this guy fired? Maybe it's because they like the riots because they really do want Trump to win, huh? Otherwise, I can only assume they're just really, really, really stupid. It is easy to see why a specialist in public opinion whose professional mission is to help elect Democrats while moving the party leftward would take an interest in this research. But in certain quarters of the left, though not among Democratic elected officials, criticizing violent protest tactics is considered improper on the grounds that it distracts from deeper underlying injustice and shifts the blame from police and other malefactors onto their victims. One universal fact of political life is that people tend not to enjoy highlighting faults committed by their own side and often respond to others bringing up their behavior uh, to others bring up their behavior they don't want to defend outright by deflecting blame. Conservatives are united less by a zeal to affirm every one of Donald Trump's actions than a reluctance to denounce them. Likewise, while few leftists go so far as to explicitly advocate violence or destructive acts, refraining from criticism of violent protests is, among parts of the far left, almost a social norm. Well, and there it came, and, and, and then it happened. Yo, minimizing black grief and rage to bad campaign tactic for the Democrats is BS most days. But this week, it's absolutely cruel. The take is tone deaf, removes responsibility for depressed turnout from the 68 party, and reeks of anti-blackness. Welcome to the future, everybody. This is what you get. The mechanism for the paper isn't turnout. It's violence driving news coverage that makes people vote for Republicans. The author does a great job of explaining his research here. Trujillo Webster repeated the accusation of racism. You need to stop using your anxiety and intellect as a vehicle for anti-blackness and then tagged Dan Wager, the CEO of Civis Analytics, the firm employing Shore. Come get your boy. Wow. At least some employees and clients on Civis Analytics complained that Shore's tweet threatened their safety. Their safety. You know what, man? These people don't know what safety is. They're absolutely insane, and I'm sick and tired of hearing it. I have no patience for these whiny losers complaining about their, about their safety. I'll tell you what. The New York Times recently had this big tweet thing by like 160 staffers about how the op-ed from Tom Cotton threatened their safety. Fire 
every single one of them. Oh, it's unfor- it, it, they're not going to do it, though. It's unfortunate, huh? The previous generation, the boomers, the Gen, the Gen Xers, and yeah, the millennials are all dominated by pathetic losers. Okay, you, 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 the, the leaders in these in these institutions are so concerned about their, their their little lives, they won't stand up and speak up for anything. You know what, man? They never had spines, I would assume, and that's the problem. It's like they say, hard times make strong men, strong men make good times, good times make weak men, etc., etc., etc. Here we have generation after generation after generation of weak, pathetic individuals who refuse to stand up for themselves. I'll tell you what, David Shore, instead of apologizing and saying, I was not an effective manager and I regret starting this conversation. Shut up, you whiny loser. You know what? Good. I'm glad you're fired. All these people who are too stupid and pathetic to stand up for what they actually believe in, you will get fired and don't come come crying when you lose your access because you allow these people to walk all over you. How about you stand up for yourself, assert your spine and tell them to go shut the F up. The data speaks for itself and facts don't care about your feelings. You know what? All of these people who are coming after David Shore too, they deserve to lose in November. We'll see how things play out. Maybe Trump will lose. Whatever, man, I don't care. I'm just tired of all of these pathetic losers refusing to stand up for anything. Don't expect someone to come up and hold your hand when you won't speak up for what you believe in. All of these pathetic apologies just show you never had a spine to begin with. I worked for a company. They said, do this, do that, woke, blah, blah, blah. And you know what I said? I said, no. And they were like, well, but you have to. No, I don't. But you're under contract. I don't care. And I said, perhaps then I shouldn't be. And I look forward to you releasing me from my contract. And they said, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. We don't want the negative press. Welcome to Golden Handcuff. So I sat around. It was boring. And eventually I left. But for the rest of these people, if you can't stand up for what you believe in, then you don't really believe in it, do you? How about you go start your own thing and stop expecting other people to prop you up? So he got fired. Yeah, it is horrifying. But you know what's more horrifying to me? How many people are getting fired because of this woke outrage who then just go cower in the corner and say, please leave me alone. Please, please. Nah, whatever, man. Fine. I don't care. You reap what you've sown, all of you, every single person who is who is too stupid to stand up for themselves to save their own lives. Don't expect someone someone to come up and save you from it. You know what, man, when it comes to Donald Trump, I recognize what people voted for him. But if you think come November, you can just walk into a voting booth and be like, I'll secretly vote for this guy and he'll save me. Wrong, wrong, not going to happen. What has Donald Trump done? What are the Republicans done about done about social media censorship? A little bit here and there, but ultimately nothing. Maybe. If the Republicans get the, the, uh, the majority back in the House, they might actually pass some laws and start fighting back against this. But I really, really doubt it. The bigger problem is that the best these people can muster, the best conservatives can muster, is complaining and hoping that voting for someone else gets the job done. Have you been paying attention to the streets lately? What the left has been doing has been tearing everything down and no one has stopped them. So what do you think you're going to get done? I don't know, man. Listen, probably for now, maybe, maybe voting is the best thing. Maybe that's the best thing you can do, because I certainly don't think what the left is doing going out in the streets is actually solving anything, just making things worse. And I don't know what the solution actually is, but stop relying on other people. Stop assuming you should just have the job. Whatever. I'll leave it there. I got a couple more segments coming up in a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. Right now, it seems that most people in this country are hedging their bets on Donald Trump and the Republicans. Many of them used to be Democrats. Many of them went Democrat to deplorable. And they're hoping that as all of this insanity and chaos forms around them, just take deep breaths and come November, you'll walk in and you'll press the little R button and everything will all be made better. 
No, it won't. No, it won't. You really think that's going to change anything? I really don't. I mean, maybe it's better than nothing because the Democrats are certainly going insane. But perhaps you haven't been paying attention. Joe Biden says his single greatest fear is that Donald Trump will try to steal the election and says military might have to escort him from the White House. We are not living in normal times. And I think everyone basically agrees with that from far left to right to whatever faction you're a part of. Everyone thinks everything else is falling apart. The, the, the cultural divide has diverged so to, to, to such an extreme degree right now. You turn on Netflix and it asks you if you've paid penance to your uh, racial diversity quotas or whatever, and you've, you've recognized the problems, blah, blah, blah. We have the left out in the streets screeching and riding and slapping things and tearing things down. And then you have regular old liberals who are aware of this and conservatives complaining on the internet, I guess. Now, the police aren't getting enough support, so they're not stopping it. The left is tearing everything down and no one will do anything about it because ultimately everyone just cares about themselves. And they think like in 2016, voting for Trump would solve the problem. It didn't. What happened? They went after Trump. They, they, they Obamagate all of that insanity. So I'll tell you what. Joe Biden says Trump will try and steal the election. Oh, spare me, dude. We all saw what happened after Trump got elected. If anything, I think they're the ones who are going to steal the election. But you know what? It doesn't matter what I think, because certainly they've got 65 million people on their side saying Trump's the one who's going to do it. And for every Trump supporter who says they're going to do it, all you have is two factions who fundamentally uh, do not agree on anything. So here's what happens. The November election comes up. COVID is apparently becoming a big problem again. Yep, I guess. They have mail-in voting. People then complain about any possible thing. There will be bad voter turnout. There will be a big vote line and they'll claim either Republicans suppressed them or jammed up the voting booths so that they couldn't vote. And then no matter what happens, there will be a contesting of the vote. That's what I think is going to happen. Maybe it'll go to the Supreme Court. Honestly, I have no idea. Let's see what old sleepy Joe has to say about this. The presumptive Democratic nominee told Trevor Noah Wednesday night that he was worried about the presidential contest, citing Trump's criticism of the mail-in voting options many states have put into place to combat the spread of the coronavirus. It's my greatest concern, my single greatest concern. The president is going to try to steal this election. This is a guy who said that all mail-in ballots are fraudulent, direct voting by mail, while he sits behind the desk in the Oval Office and writes his mail-in ballot to vote in the primary. He said, adding that his campaign had lawyers ready to step in and enforce voting rights. Here we can see some pictures for whatever reason. Biden also addressed fears among Democrats that Trump would refuse to concede the election should the former vice president beat him in November. He pointed to former Joint Chiefs of Staff who've criticized Trump in recent days and said he was confident the military would escort Trump out of the White House should it come to it. I was so proud. You have four Chiefs of Staff coming out and ripping the skin off Trump. Wow, bold way to put it. And you have so many rank and file military personnel saying, whoa, we're not a military state. This is not who we are. I promise you. I am absolutely convinced they will escort him from the White House with a great dispatch. Such a move would be, would be unprecedented in American history. White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McGinnity called it ridiculous. That's a ridiculous proposition. The president's looking forward to November. This president's hard at work for the American people and leave it to Democrats to go out there and grandstand and level these conspiracy theories, she told Fox News Thursday morning. And Trump campaign communications director Tim Murtaugh said it was a brainless conspiracy theory. This is just another brainless conspiracy theory from Joe Biden as he continues to try to undermine confidence in our elections. 
It was the, the Obama administration that tried to subvert an election by spying on the Trump campaign in 2016. And Biden himself was part of the effort to sabotage the incoming Trump administration because they couldn't live with President Trump's victory. President Trump has been clear that he will accept the results of the 2020 election. I don't know what's going to happen. It really does seem like 2016 all over again. And it's mind numbing and it's tiring. The media is now saying Trump is down by double digits. Joe Biden is absolutely going to win. And we heard the exact same thing in 2016 with Hillary Clinton. Why should I assume anything has changed? Now, possibly they've adapted their polls and the the polls are more accurate. It's possible the economy is really bad and people just don't like Trump anymore. I just, I can't believe it. I really can't. There's so many other factors in play that determine whether or not Trump is going to win. And one of the biggest mistakes of 2016 was that many of these pollsters didn't take into account the culture war. They didn't take into account cultural issues. They said, economy, 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 here's what you can expect. And they didn't realize that Trump was anti-PC and that was generating tons of, of, of positive sentiment for him. Now, here's a question I have. They do these polling, these pollings, and they pull landlines. Who has landlines? Older people? They do these polls and they target some cell phones. Who are they really calling? I honestly don't know. But they claim that they're getting a decent sampling of people. It reflects voter turnout. Trump contests this. And maybe the polls are real or maybe here's what's really happening. You get a phone call from someone random. You hear stories about people losing their jobs for supporting Trump, being attacked in the streets, people for, who, who lose their jobs for criticizing Black Lives Matter. You get a phone call and they say, we'd like to ask you who you're voting for. What do you say? Now, it's possible a lot of people are just scared and won't say Donald Trump. It's possible that many people just don't want to vote for Donald Trump. You know what? I've brought it up before, so it doesn't it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm not going to get too much into that. What matters is that they're already sowing the seeds once again to claim that anything bad that happens in the election will certainly be Trump trying to steal the election. Think about it this way. Let's say that uh, in Patterson, New Jersey, for instance, we have this big voter fraud thing going on right now in North Jersey. Let's say something happens in the election that either benefits or negatively impacts Trump. No matter what Trump says about it, they'll say, aha, see, we told you, we warned you he would do this. Let's say they actually do cheat. Well, they've hedged their bets. If Trump tries now to call out actual fraud, they will say, see, we told you he tried to steal the election. So during 20, in 2016, well, I think the first revolts, results that started to come in was like Nevada or something, or I can't remember which state. And Trump was down and complaining. And all these Democrats are going nuts on the internet saying, here it comes. Trump's going to sue. He won't accept the results. And then it flipped. Trump won. And everybody was shocked. And then they cried all night and they screamed. So what do you think is going to happen? Will the culture war and this PC outrage result in people supporting Joe Biden of all people? I can't imagine it. I did a segment on this. Uh, I briefly mentioned this in a segment uh, just, just a few minutes ago before this one, where a researcher said that rioting gives Republicans an advantage. When, you crit- when this guy criticized the rioters, they came for him and got him fired. Amazing. So what, are they going to riot more? Right now in Seattle, you have this autonomous zone. Apparently the police have recently come in and they may be trying to reclaim it. I find it absolutely hilarious that they think this is good for them. And when Trump stepped up on Twitter and said, take back this space or I will do it, I'm willing to bet most Americans agreed with what Trump was saying, because rioting makes Americans vote for Republicans. And I, I, I don't know if, I, if this is true or not. I have the stats. But apparently when people are scared and there's a threat, they vote for Republicans. 
So why would this all change now? I don't know, man. Some people think Trump will be the last Republican president ever. And I think, you know, I honestly agree. I think so. Let's read a little bit more. President Trump was asked on Meet the Press if he would accept the results of the election. 100% sure, he said. After the Trump administration used force to remove Black Lives Matter protesters from Lafayette Square, the area around the White House, several prominent retired members of the military criticized the president for the approach. Former Trump cabinet members Jay Mattis and John, uh, and John Kelly, both retired uh, uh, Marine Force Star generals, also criticized the president. You can see a bunch of photos. Fears uh, of people voting. Fears about the voting process in November were stoked after Georgia experienced massive problems in its primary on Tuesday. Voting machines failed to work. A shortage of poll workers and social distancing measures caused long lines. Voters claimed they didn't receive mail-in ballots and polling places didn't have enough provision ballots to distribute to people. There you go. Is this Trump's fault? Probably not. We've had a bunch of chaos in voting for a long time. Yet, this is enough for them to claim Trump is cheating. That's it. Let's say come the November election, Trump does really, really well. But then we hear stories like this. Polling lines were too long. And the Democrats will then say Trump is trying to cheat and steal the election. Get it? Let's say they actually do cheat. And then Trump says, hey, look, they're cheating. They'll say Trump is trying to steal the election. Trump actually wins. They'll look for anything they can and say Trump is trying to steal the election. There's no win for him on this one. They are, they are, they are lining up the dominoes to complain about it in the end. I don't believe that Trump will be the person who actually contests this because it's been the Democrats who did the whole time. But I don't know, man. I don't know if it actually matters anyway. I think a lot of people just believe Trump will be their saving grace. But why? Why would you believe that? I don't see him doing anything to deal with what's going on. I think him just be, he just gets attacked all day, every day by the establishment and nothing happens. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Bill Barr will drop some indictments and they'll go after a whole bunch of people and they'll get arrested and you'll recognize some of these people. But let me tell you, they will then come out and say, see, Trump is trying to steal the election. There is no path forward where these sides come together. And that's why I keep saying I think we're, on, we're, we're in some kind of civil war and it's probably going to get worse. Some, uh, I think it was Jack Murphy, who I, 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 reference, I reference quite a bit. He's, what, he's the author of Democrat to Deplorable, former Democrat, now Republican, and said, this summer, you're going to see factional violence. Maybe he's right, because no one's going to back down. I'll leave it there. I got one more segment coming up for you in a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. And there it is. On time, as predicted, the coronavirus is back, baby, and it's scary. How long did we sit around while they told us the end was nigh and we all must bend over because we must save everybody, give up your business, bend the knee, bend over backwards, just give it up, give up everything. Your businesses were collapsed, you ran out of money, you lost your jobs. And then they said the protesters who came out to defy this were monsters, killing grandma. And what do we get? And, and, and what happened after, after that? Uh, riots broke out, destroying what remained of many of these small businesses. And they said, but these are noble protesters who are trying to fight for a real cause. And everyone knows racism is worse than a global pandemic. That's right. Several hundred people killed by police in the past year who are unarmed or otherwise, and uh, or who I believe were unarmed. And then 100,000 deaths in a couple months. But we know what the real problem is. You know what, man? I'm frustrated. I'm getting tired of reading this stuff. These journalists and politicians are actually coming out now and criticizing Trump over COVID 
They're claiming it's spiking. It's coming back. We got it. We got it. We got to bunker down. Anthony Fauci says it is only just begun. Are you kidding me? You know what? As far as I'm concerned, no, it's over. All right. We're reopening. You can't play this game with us. The American people are fed up. Maybe they're not. Maybe they don't care. Maybe they really, really don't care. I don't know what to believe anymore. Do, do the American people really care that they were forced to lock down and their jobs were destroyed and their companies were destroyed and their lives were destroyed? And then they got to watch all these protesters go out in the street and dance around and do the electric slide or whatever it is in the, in the street. I think if they cared, they'd actually come out and protest. I don't see them doing it. Maybe they're laying in wait to go vote for Trump. Sure, fine, whatever. But I don't think they care. I really don't, man. I'm not going to say I'm hopeful. We also have this story. You said today. Coronavirus news and updates. Two million cases confirmed in the U.S. COVID-19 spreading in several states, the pandemic and your retirement. Police tactics are making the threat of COVID-19 spread among protesters worse. Are you kidding me? This is the second story I've seen. It's probably not not, not even, there's, there's probably more than two, where they argue the police are at fault for the protesters, not social distancing. How long are we going to sit through these lies and the double standards? How has it not become so obvious what they're doing at this point? The cognitive dissonance is so insane for people to actually believe the two narratives at the exact same time. Protests are good. Everything's fine. Coronavirus is back and it's the Republicans fault. You've got to be dumb or dumber than a box of rocks to actually believe this narrative at this point. No, and I don't mean that that COVID isn't serious. I think it is. I don't think it's nearly as bad as they claimed it was. But I think they're lying to us every step of the way. And that's why they allowed the protest to carry on, because they don't care about what's true. It's all about lies to push their narrative and their agenda. Here's good old CNN's Caitlin Collins. Alabama just reported 849 new coronavirus cases today. This is the largest number of cases reported in one day since the state began tracking them. The state's total case count is over 22,000 with 750 deaths. Here's, look, at, look what this person says. We're all opening up too early. It's going to get worse. Wear your mask and be safe. Where were any of these people when thousands of people stood shoulder to shoulder on, on, on Wilshire Boulevard or whatever in California? When thousands of people gathered in mass protest and did not social distance, nobody cared. It's like it really is like they're just smacking everybody in the face and laughing about it. We can lie. We can cheat. We can steal. We can say whatever we want. And the people are stupid enough to just believe it every step of the way. Must be the hoax and Dems at it again, John says, sarcastically, as if the Democrats didn't just encourage mass protests throughout the country. This person says, and right on cue, the coronavirus takes the place of the protests which have devolved into rioting. Looks like testing is working. Here's another. Here's the story. This morning, I talked about it, the rioting. According to the White House Coronavirus Task Force, the riots destroyed 70 testing facilities. Is that what they wanted when the Democrats encouraged all of this? Maybe it's what Trump really wanted. No, I I mean it. Think about it. They wanted to blame Trump for everything. How convenient then that when these rioters came out and destroyed the COVID testing facilities, how convenient then that everything got worse. And now Trump can blame it on the riots and the protesters. Trump's going to turn around and say, all the Democrats encourage the protests. Don't look at me. It's not my fault. I didn't tell people to go do this. They did. What do they have to say? COVID-19 cases have nearly doubled in two weeks. And do they even mention the protests? The state's hospitals are preparing for a surge of severely ill patients. Kara Christ, director of ADHS, told them June 6th to activate their emergency plans. 
Banner Health, the largest healthcare system in the state, says the number of patients on ventilators since May 15th has quadrupled. What could have possibly spread all of this, huh? Arizona is one of 12 states seeing a rise in hospitalizations from COVID-19 and one of eight states that experts say are the new hot spots for the virus. The relatively fast rise in new cases in Arizona makes it one of the most concerning outbreaks because its healthcare system could soon be overwhelmed. It's not in. <laughs> oh, they're doing it. They're, I, I'm sorry, man. It's not entirely clear what's driving the rise in new cases. But on May 15th, Arizona Governor Doug Ducey lifted the stay at home order enacted on March 31st. The state's reopening is guided by an executive order that allows businesses to gradually and safely open in compliance with federal guidance. They've done this before. In New York, they saw a spike and they said, Bill de Blasio said, we're not entirely sure why it's happening. Maybe it's because you encouraged mass protest. Now, Arizona has a bunch of blue areas and I'd be willing to bet they protested. So, gee, what could have happened? Well, it is true that a month ago they lifted stay at home orders. The incubation period averages out to four days. Gee, what was happening four days ago? What was happening five, six, seven days ago? They're, they're, it's just so obvious. It's, it's amazing. Look at this massive spike. What's that? Within a couple days of the mass protests, we see a major spike. I wonder what caused this. Gyms, swimming pools, and other businesses have been allowed to open up. And although the state issued protocols for public health measures like physical distancing and hygiene, blah, 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 they were, I can't believe it. They don't mention the protests. If you do not root, if you, if you do a root cause analysis of what's going on and, and, and what's wrong, it's that word, recommendations. Part of the outbreak is occurring in the Navajo Nation, a reservation that reaches into several states with its largest share of ter- territory in Arizona. For a time, it had the highest per capita COVID-19 infection rate. They say it also has a large elderly population. But why don't they mention any of the protests? I can't believe it. No, I'm sorry. I can believe it. We're right back to where we started. They're lying. I'm sorry. It's all lies. I don't know what to tell you. The double standard is so ridiculous that I don't believe there's any person who who can reconcile this in their minds. Okay. Anybody who claims to is clearly lying to you. They tried. You know what they said? The activists said, It's not that we think that you won't get sick. It's that we recognize the importance of fighting racism and bigotry, and we're willing to risk our lives and and, and embrace COVID because we're going to do the right thing. And it was quickly pointed out, you're not risking your own life. You're risking grandma's life. Isn't that what they said to all the lockdown protesters? It's not about you. It's about how you could transfer this to someone else. And then when they went out and protested, they said, oh, but we're the good guys, the noble heroes doing everything right. I'm sick of it, man. It's all just been one big lie over and over and over again. Jussie Smollett, Russiagate, Ukraine Gate, Covington, and now the COVID lockdown stuff. They were wrong, to say the least. Impeachment was fake. The lockdown was fake. They then rioted and defended the rioters. Now they're taking over Seattle and the New York Times running defense for them. It's all breaking. It's all falling apart. And it's hard to know what's real anymore. I can't imagine what must be going through someone's mind, the average American. I can't imagine the polls are real. Let me just break this down for you. If this is fake news, if COVID was, was wrong, if, if, if the defense of, if they're defending the rioters, it's, it's, the lies are so obvious. Why should I believe any of these polls? I don't believe it. I really, really don't. I still think Trump is going to landslide. And it's because of this constant stream of fake news. 
they have they're they're trying to argue that it was reopening that caused this. It's it's downright insanity. What what sane person could actually understand and even believe any of this news anymore? It's just so obviously a lie. Now, I don't know what's going to happen come November. They want you to believe Trump won't win. Why? It's a fact that when polls show a certain candidate will win, people favor that candidate. I think they were probably betting on that for, for Hillary Clinton, and it didn't work out. So once again, they're, play, they're going by the same playbook. Donald Trump is a racist. He's a bigot. You know, no one wants to vote for him. Everyone hates him. His disapproval is skyrocketing. I don't, I, at this point, I just don't care. I think they're just lying every step of the way. I think almost all of the media is just pumping out trash lies at this point. It wasn't always this way. But they've been purging high-ranking editors, and they really do want to make this overt propaganda arm of the media. It's only a matter of time. Tucker Carlson lost some sponsors recently. He lost a bunch in the past. I can't imagine he'll last. You know, I mean, I mean, Fox News probably has a contract with him. He's the most popular person they have. So we'll see. Maybe he'll move, just move to Fox Nation or something. I don't know. He's been promoting Fox Nation a whole lot. And it's, it's only a matter of time before they come from my channels as well. I don't, I don't even know what's the point of tracking the story anymore. Why would I start talking about coronavirus when it's just nonsensical? There's no logical pattern to follow to understand why it's happening or what's happening other than they're lying. I'll leave it there. I'll see y'all tomorrow at 10 a.m. Thanks for hanging out.